Powered by Righteous Media. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Beat Orm Podcast. I am your co-host, Don the Piz Elevert, joined as always by Justin Jericho Turner. And we are two college roommates getting together a couple decades later to talk about life, business, media, entertainment, and everything in between. Let's go. Round two. Fight. Cheers, my friend. As always. Hold on, hold on. Let me get up in here. Cheers, my man. Salute. Cling. Mm -hmm. What are you sipping on? This is uh oh shit, what is um Dragon's Milk Reserve. Dragon's Milk Reserve. Dragon's Milk. Right? Reserve. Is that another dark creamy stout like you got you're always sipping on yeah man i love the dark creamy stout <laughs> <laughs> you like that hezzy right dude we, we, <laughs> we just getting started and you're already you're already on one yeah i'm lit i'm ready i'm ready <laughs> i even though you didn't ask i'm gonna tell you because i got johnny walker no sir no sir oh Oh, I made myself a old fashioned. Aha. Uh-huh. But I hit him with, I hit him with some basic middle grade bourbon. Cause when I'm making a mixed co- cocktail like that, I don't necessarily need something Wanna crazy. Want to burn the top. Yeah. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I go neat. Um, but I made this with some orange bitters. Mm. Some, a da- uh, just a few drizzles of natural honey, a f- couple of drops of vanilla stevia. Whoa! Mix that up, and I air fried some clementine skins. Wow! Scott's them in love. Put them in there to really get the whole essence of that like smoky orangeness in there, which really picks up with a hint of that vanilla. I'm here to get at it. Let's go, y'all. You got to drink sexy. Drink sexy. Drink America. sexy. Like me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. So since yes. we last caught up, some wild stuff been happening. We could talk about the dunk contest. We could, but we, we probably won't. shouldn't. So right. we won't. <laughs> right. We could talk about some. Oh, wait, hold on. Out- shout out to Timberland, though. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Timberland. Oh, yeah. My hat. What's up with that um, sponsorship? <laughs> Tim's and Jeans. South Jamaica, Queens. Um, so- we could talk about a couple of uh, outcomes in court trials that have been going on that have actually gone as. They probably should go. Yeah. Which, hmm? We could even talk about a newly appointed Supreme Court justice. One of the things we probably should be discussing, not even you and I in terms of a pod, but what as a global populace, what people should be informing themselves about and getting a better understanding about is everything that's going on in Europe, in the Ukraine we're already part of Righteous Media that has one of the people who you should be going to first if you want to understand what's going on any of that with Paul Rykoff with Independent Americans. So we're going to leave it to them to cover that with their expertise. Definitely check that out. But Don, yeah. you already started to jump us into it, and I'm, I'm, I'm anxious, man. Give me, give me, give me the goods. <laughs> All right, man. So I've had a, I've gotten, in the last few weeks, I realized a common thread in a bunch of conversations I've had with people I've been hanging out with because luckily... Things with the with COVID are seeming to get a lot better, been able to hang out with people more, right? And I realized that in about four or five different conversations I've had in the last month with different friends, there's been one common theme that has popped up um, while we were watching TV, while commercials were coming on, while we were watching movies, is that various different people mentioned to me that they noticed in what should be a good way to many of us 
that there has been a noticeable uptick in the amount of representation of diversity and minority audiences in media. Yeah. Now, first off, whether or not that is that in of itself is an observation based in fact or perception is one question. But that's not even the question I, I, I want to ask, because what happened in several of those instances, if not all of them, is that after that was highlighted by someone, they then went on to, in some way, shape or form, make a comment that alluded to the fact that while they see it as a good progressive potential thing, that it seems in many instances to be forced or to be not reflecting reality, whether that be women empowerment, LGBTQ representation, minority representation, um, a list of other things that you could, that, that we've been seeing and that people have been trying to fight for. My question for you in that is, first off, do you agree that that's the case? And number two, when you hear people say that that doesn't reflect reality, for me, that makes me start thinking about the fact that did those people actually believe or in somehow perceive what they were viewing in media before to actually be a reflection of reality (laughs) itself. Ultimately, these ads, these things that we see on television and movies is not real to begin with, but taking a step backwards, it's, it's, we have to really point out that within the black community, there is this constant um, crabs in the barrel mentality, right? Like we're always looking for reasons and opportunities to tear down our own stuff. And I haven't really figured out why we continue to do this, but this is just another instance. Like you see representation and instead of saying, great, we're finally breaking through. The next immediate reaction for a great many people is, yeah, but it's forced. Yeah, but it's not real. None of those commercials are real. Like, if you take your, your typical Hollywood film and they have, you know, let's say there's an astronaut, uh, you know, putting a team together to go save the planet from, you know, uh, an asteroid coming down to blow us up. They go and get like these, you know, young, hot, like extremely, you know, you know, like astronauts don't look like that. That's not yeah. real. We've seen astronauts. They did. They, they look like regular people. <laughs> at least in that that bruce willis movie back in the day i forget i forget what it's called what had that had uh uh Liv tyler oh, in it, i believe uh michael clark duncan yeah how we both forgetting the name of that movie anyway uh, love that movie yeah one of the many movies that came what, out what around the, that time yeah but at least in that one <laughs> they didn't even try to fool us they were like we'll just come up for a reason not to send astronauts to, to space to save the day We'll send a bunch of famous, beautiful looking people <laughs> and some other and some other just famous people who are I right, looking. <laughs> but yeah, man, we we have to get to a point in our community where when we see folks trying that we stop tearing them down for their effort because they're looking for a reason to not try. And if we hate on them enough they'll just stop trying and then we won't have anything. And as far as like, you know, percentages of media representing us, we also have to remember while many of our worlds maybe are consumed with, you know, people of color, we do represent a small portion of the American population. So if I'm trying to sell to the greater population, I do have to cater my stuff to the greater numbers. And if I do take it upon myself to then also cater to the smaller numbers, I should not be demonized for that effort. And a lot of times that's what happens. Now, sometimes people need to get cut down because they do stuff incorrectly and without thought and without, you know, pure function. Like uh, if you're following us on Instagram, uh, I, I posted the, uh, the Vogue cover from Vogue UK. I saw that. I saw that. Yep. And there is, it was an effort, but they didn't do it that well because all they really did 
was replace all the usually non-black women with dark faces and just continued on with the business. European brand, European hairstyles. Granted, there are black women in Europe, plenty of them. Just so that we're clear, many of them come from African countries and they were fleeing those countries due to unrest there. And yes, they are now European citizens, but let's be real about this, okay? If you want to show us, then do it in a way that you know will make us feel like you're actually doing it for us and not just for yourself. And if you don't know what that is, then you need to get someone on your crew that works in diversity and inclusion and equity, because those are the people who will be able to inform you that you're doing things incorrectly before you go out there and put all of this money and effort and resource into it and then blow it. I had a, I had a, a revelation myself throughout, throughout this, which I kind of alluded to while I asked you the question. And I'm curious how, how you feel about this, because I'm going to take it away. You were addressing a lot of the diverse racial representation there in what, you, in what you're bringing up. But I'm going to take it out of that because what really threw, throws me off and we'll talk about this more on future podcasts, I'm sure, and various as it pertains to a whole lot of topics. But if you are part of one group that is historically disenfranchised and has battled for equality and representation, and then you, your group is getting representation, how can you then raise questions when you see another group coming, getting their representation who has been similarly disenfranchised, et cetera? Um, well, that's so, the American way, though, Piz, right? Yeah, like, well, I hope it's not the American way, but it is certainly the way of some Americans. <laughs> um, but what I've seen is um, if you're a minority, if you're a minority, man or male or female, but then if you're a minority male, right, then if we are seeing women empowerment and that gaining representation in media, we should sell probably celebrate that because empowerment for any disenfranchised historically disenfranchised group is helpful for all disenfranchised groups. So what happened to me that I even had to think about quite a bit is when someone said to me, black widow, you and I, we talked about before big Marvel fans, right? Yeah. Big, not just Marvel fans, comic book fans, sci-fi fans, et cetera. We love that shit. Um, do you see black widow? I, I haven't seen it. All right. That's the big hole in my in my Marvel universe, actually. Not my favorite favorite Marvel movie for 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 several reasons. Entertaining, like many of them, but not. It's nowhere near the upper echelon of movies uh, for various reasons, including the fact that they 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 waited till they killed off Scarlett Johansson to then give her the movie that she should have had a long time ago. <laughs> but <laughs> but they some some people have argued. I've heard some critics argue that because of fear of what that of not having as good of a draw as some of her male counterparts that it took for wonder woman to do really well before they decided to marvel decided to uh, jump on that boat but that's neither here nor there what happened when somebody brought up to me that that movie appeared to them to be really pushing the agenda with woman empowerment and i didn't disagree with them and they they also pointed out that part of why it seems force and over the top is because how you have it's a because it's already difficult to do to believe in in some of the action movies superhero movies when you make characters who don't have superpowers that are battling regular characters and winning right but then they point out to me that it's even way more difficult when it's women who are physically battling men and those and they those women aren't don't have superpowers, right? And part of me said then my natural inclination as a guy was to say, yeah, you know that that does seem that does seem a bit unrealistic. And then I took a minute and I said, you know what though? You know what also seems unrealistic? The rest of it. <laughs> not just the rest of it. If I'm going to can picture that as unrealistic and a reason to not enjoy a movie, then how about when I see Denzel Washington? as the equalizer or the equalizer two, or what I like to call man on more fire. <laughs> when Denzel, how, how am I going to take Denzel Washington 
love Denzel Washington. Obviously, Denzel Washington is a hero to a lot of people in our demographic of our generation, right? But when I see Denzel Washington rolling out there with a belly in his middle age selfness and going and taking out militias of various drug lord mansions in various countries and taking out mafioso people and trained assassins. <laughs> why is it that, why do I have an easier time or why, why do I, is my, is our, uh, for many of us, our instinct to, to find that more entertaining and believable than when Scarlett Johansson is doing it. Or <laughs> I'll tell you another notch. How about when Keanu Reeves doesn't even look like he thought he needed to train to fool us into thinking that it takes muscles to beat up a bunch of people. And he takes out a global assassin force as John wick. And yet people love those movies. Right. So why do we have trouble when we extend that non realistic element to women in film? You know, the answer, you know, the answer. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the answer, bro. America has a serious problem with women. America's got a race problem. America's got an even greater problem with women. Remember, we got the right to vote before women did in this country. Me and you. Yeah. Right. And facts. Like sometimes I think people forget how just fundamentally misogynist this country is misogynistic misogynist misogynist is a person misogynistic this country is <laughs> because even in 2022 women are earning cents on the dollar for men and everybody knows it and nobody's doing anything about it and it's not even like an issue most days, unless you're speaking to feminists or people who are, you know, championing this issue on a consistent basis. Like, would nobody else tolerate that in any other situation if they had some control over it? Case in point, shout out to the um, women's, women's national, soccer, national team. soccer team. That's exactly where I was going with this, but I was hoping you'd get there first. And you sure did. I know. My shout out. Just, you know, him. you know where I'm going with it. Gotta hit him. Especially a soccer fan like you. Women's national team. Applause. All deserving applause to you for a putting up with what you put up with for so long and fighting the good fight till you got. I'm not even to call it what you deserved till you got. What was needed. Just to rectify <laughs> right, right, what has right. been, even if you, even if you, there's a lot of logical arguments. I've heard some very good logical arguments that, uh, uh, from some very dedicated soccer fans to me about the justifications on an international basis, club team versus national team, et cetera. But if you're a sports fan and you've been watching soccer for national soccer for the last decade and a half or however long. And you saw the disparity in pay. I'm not saying the men don't deserve their pay, but it was it was criminal what was going on. So shout out to the women's national team. I don't know, Piz. I gotta. I don't know if the men deserve their pay, man. <laughs> that team I'm not has here. been trash for so long. I'm not here to cut into people's money. I'm here to help people <laughs> who get more money. Get more money that deserve it. Got you. I All just right. want our men's team to be better, man. That's just me. That's like a, that's a personal thing. Like, why can't we be better at soccer? Excuse me, football. Why can't we be better than we are, America? What's wrong with us? <laughs> you know what happened? Uh, we named our national sport football and then forgot that there was a sport already called football and then started calling that sport soccer. For some strange reason, somebody, you know, y'all can DM me on that because I'm not going to look it up because I don't really care. But like now young people grow up in this country. They only know one football and it's an oblong pigskin that gets thrown. It's backwards, America. You throw that thing. 
right? Kickers get no respect in that sport, and yet you call it football. It's not even logical. For all y'all listening, uh, Jet Justin the Jet Turner is actually a big soccer fan and has gone to many MLS games, so that's why he's getting so passionate to you. Yeah, I, had to, I, I got hot and bothered. I wanted to take a drink. Uh-oh. Don't do like me in, in our last episode where I kept getting hot and bothered without realizing that, that you know, that has other other insinuations. Yeah, I was getting a little, <laughs> getting a little warm and cool off. The following is a not-so-legal disclaimer from the producers of the B-Dorm Podcast. Here at the B-Dorm Podcast, we'd like to ensure all of our listeners that we have nothing but the utmost care and concern for the lives of oversized black bears and oversized black men. Please rest assured that no oversized black bears nor oversized black men were harmed during the recording of the following segment. Have you heard of my man Hank the Tank? Hank the Tank. Hank the Tank. Holla. So let me describe to you and for anybody listening to us having our little conversation here about. Um, please, please Google it. Please do. Yeah. Like this is this is this is a good conversation. This guys. is going to sound like I'm making it up, but I'm not actually making this up. Hank the Tank is. From what I read, the description of him is he is an oversized giant ass black bear roaming Lake Tahoe or the South Lake Tahoe region in recent times and has been accused of criminal activity on at least 30 or more occasions of breaking and entering into people's homes, stealing food, causing havoc, you know, scaring people. But I don't think he's done anything actually like to anyone as of yet from what I've seen as of the time we're recording this. And as of the time we're recording this, from what I last checked, Hank the Tank, this giant black bear, is roaming free because, and people are trying to figure out, as they rightfully should, how are we going to humanely capture this giant oversized black bear (laughs) and move him somewhere where he can live freely and and have the resources he needs to sustain himself, maybe build himself a good family life, you know, and 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 do his black bearing into retirement. That's some little Hank so, Juniors. That's some little Hank Juniors running around. So, a little couple of emotions. This Hank the Tank story brought me through a couple of different emotional states, brother. Emotional state number one. I was pissed. At myself that the moment I heard first heard that story, the first thought that went through my mind is, oh, hell no. We're checking, we're crossing off Lake's front property off of any list of property that I want to buy in the future and live near. And I might cross off anything near a lake for future vacations or kicking it with friends who have lake houses. No Airbnbs, no, no, none of that. Because I don't fuck with giant bears (laughs) even when they're even when they're keeping their distance and not getting involved in my shit but when these bears are coming and creeping and breaking and entering man into our houses and roaming in and getting any getting used to it and and thinking that's okay and he's done it 30 times he's getting efficient he's getting efficient (laughs) at this okay but then the reason that really why that had me emotional is because as soon as I had that thought, I said to myself, God damn it, Piz. And yeah, sometimes I, I guess I, I re- refer to myself in the third person to myself, but that's a story for another time. I said, God damn it, Piz. <laughs> you are perpetuating one of the negative, st- negative stereotypes of black people and not having a, a, a like or even, or even desire to participate in activities in the great outdoors. And I hate myself for it because I'm getting, I'm getting older. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm really trying, Justin. I missed out on that whole camping stuff. I didn't even have like camping, kayaking, all that stuff. Like did haven't even gone properly camping in my life yet, which had left me with a question that I want to know for you. Well, first off, two things. I want to know, what do you think about my, this, my man, Hank the Tank, now that you know the story or my summarization of the story? 
And then two, what is one negative stereotype of any, any, not just, not just black male. You're a New Yorker. You're an American. You fit a bunch of different categories. What's one stereotype that you persistently and consistently perpetuate in your life and can't help it that you just wish you wouldn't, but you can't, you just can't help it. It's just you. All right. So <laughs> give me Hank the tank. What do you think? All right. So let me start with Hank. Also, I want to add a little bit of information and this will, I know that you're going to transition off of this. So I'm going to, I'm going to drop it for you right now. A lot of those break-ins that were attributed to Hank wasn't Hank. And they have oh, DNA no. to prove that there are other oh, bears no. in the neighborhood that are also <laughs> breaking into places. They got DNA evidence showing they that it wasn't DNA even evidence Hank. evidence that it's other bears. Hank is only guilty of like a couple of crimes. Oh. Well, he's getting a bunch of crimes tagged on him because he's a big black bear. The biggest one mm. roaming the streets. So I know you're going to use it. I'm dropping it for you. Uh, I, I know it's coming back. <laughs> so you know me. That Hank's story immediately, and I'm, I'm so glad that you did it, had me thinking about my Andover days first and just walking around on campus knowing that there is a cross-section of people probably still to this day who think I got some kind of athletic scholarship to go to Andover. <laughs> Still to this day, I am sure that there are people who believe that. So for all my Andover heads, just so that we're clear, I got an academic scholarship to go to Andover because I am smart. I also happen to be large and good at sports, but obviously I'm using the smart professionally and that large and good at sports stuff died in college. So which one was more valuable to me? Obviously that first one. So it did burn me a lot on the inside, knowing that there were people looking at me like he only got here because he can play football or, you know, he only got here because of affirmative action. Like Hmm. that irritates me to my core in a way that sometimes it affects how I interact with other people if I think that they think it. And like, as I've gotten older, the irony is because now I've, I've gotten a lot more comfortable with just being expressive and have been referred to as eccentric at times. Because I'm comfortable in that energy now, people see me and they immediately think, oh, he's some kind of artist. So now I'm being judged properly. (laughs) Whereas I probably should have been comfortable and I was probably more comfortable than most people at during those days, but I probably should have just expressed myself a little bit more in that way. And then maybe, but then that's, that's another conversation, right? Like we go to these places, we're expected to like carry such a standard that I didn't want folks to because we've talked about this previously like being the standard bearer for the entire negro race in these environments for people who have never met black people before in their lives and Mm -hmm. like it's it's a lot of pressure for young people and as i am sort of more of a not really giving a fuck kind of person as a younger person I was worried about those kinds of things because I was representing other people while I was there. So, um, you know, it, it affects the way that you move. It affects the way that you interact with other people sometimes. And I think that in certain circumstances, it can prevent you from developing the way that you normally would. So, and I know that we can't really do anything about stereotypes. Like they just are what they are. But I, I think as individuals, if we come to a, a more of an understanding that we have them and try to actually find out information as opposed to accepting our assumptions as facts. I think that will go a long way to closing the gap. Um, but, you know, as, as a black man in America today, I feel pretty comfortable in my own skin 
And I don't like I, I do. I'm sure that there are some people who still see me and have certain stereotypes or whatever. Like, I don't feel it anymore. Like, I'm I am basically immune to it now. Um, but it did definitely affect me when I was a younger man. That is a supreme sign of maturity, I would say. Right? Thanks, bro. People don't normally use that word when they talk to me. You're welcome. Don't get used to it. <laughs> <laughs> um, you actually went a completely different direction than it's. So first off, just so people know, like you and I don't, we purposely talk less than we did before we had a podcast so that we save these things for the podcast. So I had no idea you were actually going to go to the, go the direction you did because because you took a twist on my question because I was asking in terms of a stereotype that you can't help but perpetuate. But when you bring it to the athletics, you even you even threw another complicated factor in there that it's one that you can't help but perpetuate that in the eyes of some you wish you didn't. But at the same time, you know, you and I know that we we love having played sports and being considered athletes or athletic at times right so so that really i didn't even think about that one in the ones that i was thinking of but and you brought up a story let me let me tell you a quick story about me i i don't even think we ever talked about this together before which is hilarious that you brought up that thing at andover um you you know first off so i went to regis high school i had a full academic scholarship to high school right when i went to when i went to when i started high school i was a dude i was a late bloomer I was a serious late bloomer. I was five three when I started yeah. high school. I was fi- I was short and chubby. I was five three, a buck sixty, and then three years later, I was six one, a buck fifty. Right, so I I got in shape, went through puberty, became an athlete, became athletic, was playing, was running track, was playing basketball, et cetera. Right, but my self identity. And it was not su- that of the athlete. Mine was of the kid who got the, the full academic scholarship to high school and then went on to go into Amher- get into Amherst College. But yo, <laughs> then I went to Amherst College. And as you know, I was a singer and did artistic things. And I gave up all my athletic exploits other than, you know, playing a lot of intramural sports and winning a few intramural championships. But that's that's some old stuff that doesn't even mean anything but it's still funny that that in in some of our heads we still talk about that right but yo you know one of the craziest things that that happened to me while i was in college dude at least a half dozen times when people were coming on campus tours with their parents and grandparents i i started avoiding some of the tours by the look of some of the people that were taking those tours because I got I I got asked way too many times, how's the football team here or how's the basketball team here at Amherst College? To which I would just give a stunned look and say, I sing acapella. <laughs> do by do. Have a nice day. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right, all right. Back to my man Hank the Tank, though. Yes. A man Hank the Tank. So he also inspired he also inspired some other emotion in me. Damn, Hank, man. Hank the who thought Hank the Tank would dominate my mind space. But Hank the Tank, you just brought it up a second ago. I didn't even know this till you brought it to my attention. That mm-hmm. Hank that there's DNA evidence that shows that Hank the Tank may not have even done some of these crimes, right? Not guilty. And as I'm trying, I'm trying hard not to even present this story in a, in a, in a, in a humorous fashion that directly make, directly makes correlations to real life. But yo, we just saw in the news cycle of the last week that, uh, several gentlemen got, um, uh, sentencing, I believe on the federal level for, um, chasing a young black man who was j- not the size of Hank the Tank, and who was trying to go for a jog, right? And I, as an animal lover, have been sitting here 
applauding and being happy when I read these articles about Hank the Tank. I'm like, yay, Hank the Tank. (laughs) That's how that's what I do when I'm excited. I go, yay. (laughs) No, just kidding, people. That's not how I get excited. But Hank the Tank was getting the treatment that Hank the Tank deserves. This is a black bear. He's part of nature. He's like we encroached on his domain centuries ago. Right. Right. He's trying to get by. And we have numerous organizations that recognize that we shouldn't be cruel to animals, especially for the fact of, you know, of some of our encroachment on, on, on their area, et cetera. Right. Right. But part of me can't help but think, yo, how come people's instinctive reaction is to be so much nicer to Hank the tank? The giant 500 pound black bear that has at least at least been responsible for 20 maybe not 30 ish of these break-ins and he's he definitely is being, committed some crimes yeah and it just seems to me that he's getting better an instinctive reaction by the people who are coming across hank the tank than the visceral fearful reaction that a non-threatening young black man gets my man, you 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 say it very well, and let's just call it what it is: racism. And just so that we're clear, shout out to um the McMichaels for showing their ass and being true blue racists, because it's rare that we get to celebrate life sentences for lynchers in this country. So. I, I I do I I try to remind people like we should have a, a a holiday to celebrate this. It doesn't happen very often, right? So they got caught uh, committing the crime, convicted for committing the crime for life, and now guilty of federal hate crimes. This is unprecedented, America. You're doing a good job. Keep it up. But to your point. Ahmaud Arbery didn't commit any crimes. But the premise is similar, right? You had some people who were paranoid because there were some break-ins in a neighborhood and they went looking for the perpetrator and came across a guy who just happened to be jogging who fed into all of their racist-ass stereotypes. And I always say things like, if we can go out in public and bring uh, tranquilizer guns to try to take down Hank, which I'm sure they probably will do, why is lethal force always the first choice for these people when they want to come unjustly questioning us? Like, not for nothing, if you tase me, then I can sue you and I'm still alive and you get to protect your neighborhood the way that you think you're protecting your neighborhood with your dumbass racist shit, right? But if you shoot me dead, I'm dead. You don't know if you were right or not. And at the end of the day, there's no coming back from that action. Well, obviously, I agree with much of what you just said. but as I tend to do. I want to think about how, how does this message, how do we, how do we make this message more palpable to those who may not feel as strongly as you or I do about when you use the word racism, because racism has become a trigger word for many in the society. I've had discussion with friends of mine about how, quite frankly, when the topic of racism comes up, they shut off. It's a it's a word that's it's become difficult to talk about racism using the word race or racism because those are now those are trigger words that shut a lot of people down, right? So I had a I had a I actually thought long and hard about this Hank the Tank story again and why it's so pertinent to this discussion. Because I want to take it away from race entirely. Let's 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 not even focus on Hank being a black bear or the comparison that we just made of Hank to the 
Amar at Arby trial and and uh, verdict. But how about we just start l- l- giving the empathy <laughs> to anybody who is in dire circumstances, whether they're white, black, red, yellow, green, blue, whatever their gender preference is, male, female, who cares? Why is it that Hank the Tank, the, the, there are, again, like I said, there are organizations that jump to, to make sure that people recognize and understand that he's out there because he's in dire straits. He's just searching for resources. He's trying to live. And what we need to do is create a scenario in which he doesn't have to break into other people's property and steal their property, destroy their property, etc. But but plenty of people recognize, and we all, for the most part, many, no, I shouldn't say we all, but many of us instinctively recognize, yeah, we should do something very humane for that bear as people. So I don't even care if you don't want to think of the Amar Darby trial, if you don't want to think of the racism aspect as human beings, should we not just all approach each other with the same empathy that we have for an oversized giant ass black bear? This stop is the B-Dorm Podcast Witching Hour. Transfer is available to the B, D, O, R, and M trains. The next stop will be rate, subscribe, and review. Please stand clear of the closing doors. So, Turner, we've gotten to the point in the podcast where it looked to me, can you raise your glass? Where are you at now in that thing? I got you. I'm like uh, two-thirds. Exactly. You're right. We're at the, um, you ever heard of the witching hour Mm -hmm. on NFL Red Zone? You ever watch NFL Red Zone? They got the witching hour? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like the witching hour for our podcast is when you and I are each two-thirds the way through our drink, because we slow working (laughs) our drinks on, on this podcast, right? So. So that 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 first half of that drink has marinated and started working through the system. Mm-hmm. And then the next third of uh, third of uh, next <laughs> half of the drink, excuse me, starts working its way through the system as you answer my next question. Mm-hmm. So we have entered the witching hour of the Beatorm pod. It's been on my mind for a while this topic and I wasn't sure how to, how to really approach you with it. But now I think I've got the scenario that allows you to really, really, really tackle this one. Okay. So for the rest of your life. Oh, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, I'm I'm sorry. I'm always looking out for a future. I'm always looking out for your future. homie. I feel you, man. I feel your apocalypse. goggles like you're always focused this on, on, on you know what i'm saying i'm Got usually you. going i'm usually going apocalypse apocalypse situation but this is not apocalyptic see i knew you i knew i knew you were going to assume that all right it's not apocalyptic i am giving you the opportunity to live anywhere in the world that you want to live i'm giving you whatever home you want to live in a mansion if you want to have a beach house cliff Thing built out of straw live old school i don't care you have i'm giving you your choice of home your choice of style your choice of location and climate and i'm giving you on top of that i'm giving you all the resources you need for energy to to run your devices of choice okay. in your home right. and i'm giving you unlike hank the tank you're not going to have to go breaking into people's homes on <laughs> on your lake house. I'm giving you all of the food resources that you want to prepare any meal you want, anytime you want. There's just one thing, Justin. Okay. You have to cook every meal on your own that you oh. ever eat. Anything you ever eat, you are cooking it yourself. 
for the rest oh. of your life. And your home will have a stove. You know, most homes have a stove. Other than a stove, you only get one device along with that stove. Your choice of devices are a microwave, an air fryer, or an outdoor grill. Oh, oh one cooking device. One, one other cooking device aside from the to oven. accompany your stove. Okay. For lack of better phrase, we'll refer to it as your stove's side piece. All right, stove side piece. You already know I'm going with the air fryer. So I'm going to start backwards. I'm going to work my way backwards from the air fryer cuz as long as I have an air fryer, my life's good. So I'm all right. I think I can work. I think I I could probably live anywhere, really, as long as you gave me all that stuff. I don't worry about stuff. I got a job too here, right? No, no, no. Everything else is on you. I gave you a I gave you you have a location, you have a home of your design, size, and choice, and you have all of the food resources you need and all the energy resources you need. What you want a job too? Come on now. <laughs> I think I could probably Man. find some work. Jesus Christ. Like go to sell some of the food uh, that you make. <laughs> <laughs> I think I could probably hustle uh, a, a job wherever <laughs> I am. If that's not I'm, enough for you to, to get uh, some kind of hustle together, then you don't deserve any of it. You're probably right about that. All right. Um, hmm. Anybody who knows me knows how New Yorker I am. So, like, it's it's even hard for me to conceive not living in New York. Like, I can't even, like, I, like my brain is having trouble with the idea. I do spend a lot of time in the Caribbean. I would probably choose a Caribbean destination. Um, I, can, I, I can find work somewhere out there, you know, be a photographer someplace, somewhere, whatever. But the most important part of this entire dialogue, my good friend, is the air fryer. As long as I got my air fryer, none of this other stuff really matters. Yeah, I'll cook. Whatever. I'll cook enough food for, you know, a day and a half, and then I'll heat the rest of it up in the air fryer for the rest of the Like, I'm good. As long as I have my air fryer, bro, I'm all right. Hmm. You know I'm a massive, 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 massive air fryer fan. Yeah. Huge air fryer fan. You are actually the one who told me about the, the pizza thing. Oh. So you tell people a pizza hack, yo. Ooh. People don't know <laughs> about my... So for everybody out there who, especially here in New York, if you're going to just... If you're going to get your every once in a while, just drive by, pick up a couple of sliced pizzas and bring them home, Stop! Like the most annoying thing about getting pizza, the most annoying thing about stopping to get a slice of pizza, is if they don't have that fresh slice ready to go, you got to stand there and wait in the pizzeria. And if you're getting if you're getting that real good pizza that you know is that good pizza that you want to be getting, the plate, the aesthetics of where you have to wait can't be that great. Otherwise, the pizza doesn't taste that good. There's just a indirect proportional relationship between those two variables and functions okay <laughs> so true though <laughs> absolutely so true, true. Though. it's so true though and yeah <laughs> like so once you so, get your pizza you have to eat it right away because it's because it's hot it's fresh you want to eat, eat it right away or what are you going to do walk and in the winter time you're going to walk it home and then you have that cold pizza what are you going to do you're going to pop it in the microwave you're going to turn on you're going to heat up your oven for you're going to preheat your oven for five minutes before you get to that pizza no you're gonna get yourself an air fryer you're gonna say when you pick up your slice of pizza you're gonna say hey do me a favor just throw it in the box throw it in the box don't heat it up just throw it in the box let's go <laughs> and when they ask you and they they inevitably are gonna say you you don't you don't want it to taste better you don't, or you you you're okay with you say you say to them homie i have an air fryer at home and I'm going to throw it in the air fryer when I get home. Throw it in the box. Let's go. Right? <laughs> you get home. You throw that bad boy on 380 degrees, in my opinion. 
That's my preferred setting. Four minutes. And in particular, you definitely do this with Sicilian. Oh, my goodness. It turns Sicilian into something. The the way that air fryer, you know how air fryer does that? I'm going to make you crispy on the outside, but I'm actually going to plump up the inside of the and soften the texture of whatever goodness you put in there, be it carbohydrates or protein. Mm-hmm. So imagine what it does to that slice of Sicilian. And you, however, you're talking about I put you on the pizza. You're the one that put me on to putting just ev- leftovers in the air fryer. That's right. Not only now, not only do I do this with my pizza. If you order anything from the diner or anything from anywhere that has any level of crispity crispiness. <laughs> if you want it, if you are hoping for that thing to make a crunchy sound when you bite into it, you have to have an air fryer, right? Get it. Otherwise, so let me like at this point, I'm not a French fries guy, but you know what I am. You know what I am? I am an onion ring man. Yes, sir. Wreak havoc on some onion rings. And the problem is <laughs> So first off, shout out to shout out to to people who listened to the last episode of the Beauty Horn Podcast. Had a lot of had a lot of friends and and uh, and family and people who reach out after listening to it. And one of the funny things that stuck with people that I didn't even expect to stick with people is bread sweat. Bread sweat. I already know where you're going because them onion rings. Oh my goodness! Mm. When you get the onion ring delivered, or you walked it home, it is the most dissatisfying thing when that onion ring is soggy from that they did that they what i was talking about they did that they put the onion ring in that cold box the condensation it's it's, up it's they close it up they didn't poke holes in it they didn't let the steam out everything goes wrong it gets soggy then the mushy texture on the outside gets soggy and then it starts peeling off of the onion rings it's even hard it's even hard to salvage but I will tell you when you, how you can salvage it. You throw your onion rings in the air fryer. You get that delivery order. You don't even, don't even touch it. Please do yourself a favor. Don't eat it. Don't take a bite. Don't sample one. Immediately go to the air fryer, throw them in, give them four minutes, five minutes max. Take them out. Holla at your boy. At Beatorm Podcast, hashtag Beatorm Podcast. You'll thank us later. <laughs> Save your life. <laughs> <laughs> and that's right. episode number two of the Beatorm Podcast, folks. My man. <laughs> <laughs> Catch you next time. Cheers, bro. <laughs> Powered by Righteous Media.